Beers and Tears would like to acknowledge the traditional owners and custodians of the land from which we conduct this podcast, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. We recognise their continued connection to the land and waterways and sky of this beautiful place, and we pay our respects to Elders past and present, and extend that respect to all First Nations people present today, and acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded. Welcome back to Beers and Tears. Today I'm joined with Alex from Great Gable. G'day, how are you going? Good, thank you. Do you want to just like start off by introducing yourself and the other members of the band and I guess how you all came together and formed Great Gable? Okay, okay. Um, Well, g'day, my name's Alex and uh, yeah, I sing in uh, Great Gable and uh, we first kind of got together, I guess me and uh, the guitarist Matt Preen. We, got, we met when we were 13 playing cricket, so we've known each other for a long time and gone through many phases together, which has been fun. And then um, once we got to about 20, 21 is when we met the other boys. Um, Chris Byer plays bass and Callum Guy playing drums. Um, at, uh, I went to a music university in Perth called Whopper, and um, we just got to know each other through mutual interests in uh, smoking weed and playing music, I guess, <laughs> to be honest. Unreal. And you've just released an EP um, called Read the Room. How yeah. how did this EP come about? And I guess, yeah, I read that it was kind of all written while you were on the road. On the road, yeah. I think we were touring maybe end of last year with, uh, with our mates Dice um, and... To be honest, like, um, because we knew Corby, Corby, we always record with Corby, uh, you know, Matt's, he's got a place, um, you know, just out of, not too far from Byron. And, you know, being from WA, in between gigging on the weekend, we um, we have nothing to do on the week, like during the week, because um, we don't want to go home because it's like so expensive to fly home to Perth. To think. So we're always just like trying to kill time. So we thought we'd be productive managed to line up recording in this time um like these weeks in between gigging like over, so thursday friday saturday sunday we'll play gigs and then we'd go to corby's house and record for the next three days four days until start gigging again and um it was really fun because we'd be able to bring the energy from the shows of like the one the songs we really enjoy playing live into the into the studio and you know we wanted to make like something i suppose kind of carefree and upbeat and I I suppose we, we always end up caring a bit too much but like it, it's fun anyway it feels like a fun EP yeah for sure and what I guess what was kind of the recording process of this like in comparison to when you were over there last recording the album well I think with the album you know we um we actually spoke about today is that we we think that we like you know because we wrote all those songs during COVID we all kind of had to separate and, like, each person brought in a bunch of songs each and then we'd kind of pick the best ones from there without actually even being able to play them live before recording them. Whereas, well, maybe we did play them live. Well, oh, you know, it's hard to say. But yeah. these <laughs> ones, I can't remember that far. I wish I could. But, but these ones were very much kind of just like let's 
try bring the energy that we play with live into the studio and not get carried away with like adding layers of harmonies and synthesizers and too many guitar parts on top. So then when we come to play it live, we have to be staring at what we're doing. We can just like batch it out and have a lot of fun doing it, you know. Yeah. That's the idea with this EP anyway. Sweet. And it's five songs. What? So you've got the single So Cool. Um, yeah, do you want to tell me a little bit about this single and how that sort of was going Well, that one, that one was probably the most um, – we, we hadn't didn't even have it until we kind of got in the studio and then, um, you know, maybe Callum, our drummer, said, yeah, he's, oh, I've, got, I've got some chords. Uh, and when, when the drummer says, oh, I've got some chords, you kind of, exp- <laughs> you kind of know that it's probably going to be – and it was, it was like G to C, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we were just like, oh, we'll, like we started jamming it and then, you know, we bunk our, head, bump, bump our heads together and we can come up with a song out of it, like one chord, you know, really. And like, so it's, it just, it just, we literally just got in, like plugged our gear in and set up and then just started jamming that one. Callum had a chord progression going from G to C. And then we just went from there, you know, just kind of like uh, in one day wrote it and recorded it and just didn't question it really, just felt like it was a pretty fun tune, you know, yeah. so we we were pretty happy with it. And the whole idea with that EP was just to not not be dwelling on things for too long, just to go, if it feels really, fu- really fun and nice, like we'll just stick to it, you know, like and because um, that's what we, I feel like that's what we did right in our first like couple EPs that we did when we were a bit younger is just not like take it too seriously. We're just kind of like just having a, having a go. And um, there's something fun and naive about all that, you know, and I think people can connect with that a bit more than something that's a bit too much, too well thought out. But everyone's different, so, you know, each their own. Yeah, for sure. Were there, was there like any other songs that you were considering putting on the EP or you were you pretty set in the five that it was? Um, well, we, I think we all probably had it. I, I definitely always have like, you know, I've always got a good good catalogue of songs in my back pocket that I, like whenever's needed to bring out. It's just whether or not any, like, you know, um, at the time we really felt like just doing, doing like, I mean, like like songs like Pump a Nickel on the EP, um, that one and another one called To Be Stoned, um, I already had. Uh, pretty much, pretty, pretty much written, written and like all was all there sort of thing, and then um, so cool and the seizure song were written right, right in the studio, and then one till called till the sun comes up was uh, one that our guitarist Matt had already pre-written, but we um, <clears throat> we hadn't jammed any of them or anything like that, and we didn't even really know if we were going to be able to go into the studio, so no one had time to think about them too much beforehand. And, like, when I say I've, I had the song written, you know, it's bare bones sort of, very simple, just like the chord progression and, like, the melodies I'm going to sing and, you know, the odd, like, few of the lyrics, not all of them, like, I kind of, with lyrics, I kind of just on the spot, whatever comes out, I go with sort of thing. I don't really like to dwell on shit too long because otherwise I just start second-guessing everything I've ever done. <laughs> yeah. What's do you have a different approach when you're approaching an album in comparison to when you're writing like an EP? Um, I suppose maybe you just kind of put a bit more pressure on yourself with an album. Maybe yeah. um, that's definitely how it felt anyway. 
And then when you're releasing an album and stuff like that, the the, the complications with all the, you know, I don't know, it can take like a year and a half before you recorded the songs and it's a year and a half later and the songs are only just starting to come out and you're like, what? Like, I don't even like this stuff anymore, you know, or like, you know, it's not you don't like it, you're just, you're just over it a bit. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I know every museum goes through this, but it is like a, a draining process kind of like how long it all takes because you can write a song in, like I said, you know, three minutes. That's like how much you might, how long you need to write the song and you're really happy with it. But then for some reason it's a year and a half later until anyone else can hear it and it's quite frustrating, you know. Um and you know when we did the when we did our albums, we had a lot more time in the studio, which I think is also can be a bit of a killer, you know, if you're th- thinking about it too much. Yeah, for sure. So, would you say if you're approaching your next album, you would maybe try and approach it in a way of the way you approach this EP? Hundred percent, hundred percent. Just, just a lot more. Just like if it feels good, and um, you know, we're all smiling whilst we're playing and like having a good time. I'd, I'd much rather that than, you know, something that's like kind of complicated and, uh, you know, impressive to maybe musicians or something. Mm. But it's like musicians are never impressed anyway. So it's like, what's the point? You know, they're not the ones that buy records or anything or, you know, usually anyway. Like, so, so I guess, yeah, I would, I would, the, the frame of mind that we all had coming into the EP is something that we've, we've taken note of and gone, we should definitely like keep that for the next next bit of recording we do. Yeah. yeah. And also with the albums, we'd go to Corby's for a big chunk of time, like a month. You know, we'd be there for a month straight. And that's fucking, you know, it's it's exciting when you first get there and stuff, but you don't like each other by the end. Yeah, <laughs> sure. You know, so this was cool doing like three days and then playing gigs, three days, then playing gigs, three days, you know, like sort of thing. So I think the next one we'd, we'd do that as well, like do it in smaller chunks rather than a big chunk. Yeah. Yeah, sweet. And mm. Pumpernickel, what is that? Pumpernickel, I don't know. Yeah, I guess, like, like I said, I just like I started playing a, a chord progression and I just started singing You're Looking at a Pumpernickel and then <laughs> I don't know, like, I just like. Uh, yeah, I, I wish I, I wish I could tell you there's some sort of deep meaning or something about it, but I just kind of liked the word. I thought it was like I've never written a song about pumpernickels before, or I didn't even really know what it was. I was just like, let's, I, I don't know. Um, yeah, probably not a great answer. Or like, do you? What is a pumpernickel? Well, I guess I was thinking of the bread, like you know how it's just. I guess it's like a different type of bread you wouldn't use. Yeah, it. and I was like. A, you know, I guess I wanted to kind of, I think I was trying to say that you're looking at, uh, maybe you're looking at something that's a bit different or something and right. I don't know. Cool, cool. Maybe, I don't know. But then I was just, and then I start talking about, like, I don't know, that I'm self-afflicted and all this sort of stuff. I don't know what I was kind of on about at some points. But then, you know, there's parts of it that are really nice and, you know, in each song there's like lyrics and stuff that to me make complete sense and like really do like add up to something that happens to me in life, you know, but there's some words that are just there because we need words there, you know, as, you know, it's, you can't just like have gaps and stuff, I suppose. And I, I wish I was clever. I feel like sometimes songs don't really need to mean a whole lot 
a whole lot. You know what I mean? If it's just like, well, cool, yeah. sometimes you just like writing and you just want to write a whole bunch of gibberish. And if it sounds cool and you can put it into a song, then like sick. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, when I wrote that one, I don't know if you know the psychedelic porn crumpets, yep. but um, Jack, the singer of that band, um, cause they're from WA as well, but he's like, we lived together for about four years, Jack and I, and he's, he's one of my best mates. And we, we, me and him had started writing a bunch of songs together and just listening to the lyrics he was using, I was just like, this is just fucking nonsense. And like, it's, and it's, but it's fun and, and kind of like to him, it could like within his own mind, I know he can make some sort of sense of it, but he can't exactly explain to you what it's about. Mm. And I just wanted to kind of take that approach rather than just singing a song about, you know, oh, I love you or whatever, you know, I guess I wanted to just, uh, I just didn't, didn't really think about it for too long. And now that I'm getting asked, what's it about? I'll get a little bit annoyed at myself, you know. <laughs> yeah. No, I think it's sick. It's just like it's a standout word in the um in the well, listing. Yeah, and that's we got told by uh, you know our record label that that should be a single because pumper nickel's a weird word, and we're like, <laughs> all right. So, well, on that, do you have like a favorite track on the EP at the moment? Um. You know, I guess as a as an actual song, till the sun comes up for me is like I feel like we like it's I, I would listen to that. I would genuinely genuinely listen to that, um, and I think it moves really well when the, like when the drums kick in and stuff like that. We have got the dynamics of how it all builds up. I feel like we got that one really 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 well. Lyrically wise, lyrical wise, I like you know, for me, seizure song. Is like it's, it like hits a bit of a nerve for me because I suppose um, you know uh, over the last year um, I've somehow managed to develop epilepsy. So like whilst we we're touring, I was having like seizures and stuff on the road. Wow! And, and you know it was quite scary, and I had no idea what was going on. I couldn't you know, and like it was all this COVID stuff happening as well. So I couldn't I couldn't get in to see a neurologist for like a, like eight months or something. And so no one could really tell me what was happening or what was it, what why it was happening. Um, so I guess that song was just like kind of summed up my whole frustration and confusion about um, about the whole thing. And it's a bit, you know, it gets into this like heavier section, which is really fun. And that was just a fun song to play play live that originated from this jam that we used to just play at gigs and stuff, like um, to to go from one song to another. Um, but we wanted to write write a song out of it, and I guess with the lyrics that just came out, you know, um, I just wanted to sing sing about the seizures a bit. And to be stoned is one one that I I really dig as well, I guess, because um, I like I like the lyrics in that as well. Um, can't remember any of them right now, but I do like the lyrics. <laughs> do you find that like now finding out that you've had ep- epilepsy, does that change your like? Um... I guess the way that you go and view shows and stuff, like has have you found that that's impacted like any anything of in terms of like a live performance or like I mean the whole the whole thing basically like touring was it is now for me quite I suppose not not outrageously different, but it's from what it used to be, it's quite different. Like obviously drinking, you can't really drink with epilepsy. Um and for me, I've got fo- uh, focal epilepsy, so I don't really want to, like, bore you with the details, but, like, yeah, focal yeah. epilepsy is it's not so much flashing lights. It's just being, like, not getting enough sleep 
and uh, not drink being dehydrated and um, yeah, just just you know all that and eating healthy and things that you can't really pinpoint to a certain degree, you know. But like like since since I got the diagnosis and whatnot, and I've been on like the medication. Luckily, I haven't had a seizure since, so that's made touring a lot a lot more relaxing for me. But whilst we were kind of still on the road trying to get out there and tour and stuff because I didn't want to put a halt on it because like on the band because of the seizures but also like it was pretty pretty draining I guess like worrying about whether or not I was gonna you know because it was I'd be at the cafe the next day and it would just like come on I'll just start having a seizure and all of a sudden I wake up like an hour later in the hospital or something you know Mm -hmm. so it kind of sucked but yeah yeah onwards and upwards I guess yeah we would like to take a moment to thank our sponsors at Bodrigi Brewing. Stingray's new XPA comes out swinging as a full flavour 4% of froth. The newest addition to Stingray's finest beer range. It's bloody tremendous stuff. Tropical, hoppy, pulling, no punches. Brewed in Abbotsford by Bodrigi Brewing Co. Proud Beers and Tears sponsors. The last time that we spoke was during the release of your album. Um, on the wall in the morning light. Yeah. And then you kind of went on to play some shows and then you released some acoustic versions of the tracks on the album. Um, and then you went on an acoustic yeah, tour. Yeah, yeah. How did you kind of find <laughs> yeah, yeah. playing those songs on the album in the two different lights, I guess, of like playing a full band show and then also going on to play the acoustic versions and I guess like the reception of the two? Yeah, you know, um, I've I've got to I've got to admit, I like the acoustic gigs were hands down some mm. of my favorite shows we've ever played, just because the connection I could have with the audience was something you can't do when it when it's like when I've got to scream over drums and like it's like you know maybe because and also with the acoustic shows they were like you know 150 to 200 people who wouldn't play much bigger than that maybe 300, you know, so you could actually. And we sat down, like felt like we could really talk to, talk to everyone, and like people were like dead silent during the songs if they weren't singing. And then you know I could tell a joke or two after a song, but like you know when you're at a live gig and you know with a full band and stuff, in between songs I, I could I could talk in between songs and people yeah. have no idea what I'm saying, you know. So like it was. It was, I like, you know, the, the rocking out thing with the full band. That's really fun. And I love playing with all the boys in the band. That's, that's something I'll always, always love. But the acoustic thing is just, I think it's just something we've got in the pocket that we wanted to show mm. that we can do, you know. And I don't think every band can do it. So I think, like, we might as well utilise the fact that, we, you know, we can turn, we can turn these songs into acoustic thing, versions and they still sound like, well, to us, they sounded like, you know, nice songs, you know, like really nice versions. And, you know, from the acoustic ver- versions of the songs, we got like, we got on a Woolies ad for like, you know, three months over Christmas and stuff like that, you know, not not from the band version, but from they'd heard the acoustic version and wanted to use that. So it's like, and that was our love, you know, um, the, the song was called Our Love. So it was, you know, it's nice that things things did come out of doing the acoustic version, so it was well worth yeah, it. Yeah, for sure. Know. I feel like you would also even get like a kind of a new fan base in a way with those songs who were just like into yeah. a more stripped back 
kind of chill vibe rather than like listening to a full band um track yeah it could be like an interesting sort of switch yeah up. yeah well, we found like even maybe people were bringing their their folks along to the gigs, you know, you know, and like my parents, they personally enjoyed the uh, acoustic gigs a bit more just because like they was like, oh, it's lovely to hear your voice right <laughs> yeah. there all the time. Not you know? getting pushed around in a crowd, yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And every it was all sat down, you know, so like everyone was really attentive for the the acoustic. Like, I really, I, I don't know if you've got any any of them. Any more tours of the acoustic thing planned just yet? But I, I, I hope we do because it's gonna like this. Mm. I hope it's something we continue to do. I think it will. So be. were those songs like originally yeah. written acoustically, or did you kind of strip them back afterwards? It was after. It was just like we knew that we um, you know, because we had it was like out of coming out of well, you know, with COVID and stuff, we just had to find ways to fill in the blank basically, of not being able to play as many shows as we wanted and stuff like that. Um, so doing those acoustic things um, was just a good way of doing that. But then once we realised that we can, we, you know, because, like, you know, Matt and the, the, the guitarist and I, Preeny and I, we started playing acoustic songs and playing breweries and stuff like that. So we always knew that we could do it. Um, but we just forgot about it, I guess, and then once we kind of get started getting hassled like oh you know we've got to work out what that what we're going to do because we can't go on tour we're like well let's like maybe come up with an acoustic version of hazy and then that's basically where it started like for us with hazy we did like people liked the acoustic version of that and we're like oh well let's what what are some other ones off the album our love um the lookout is another one and then yeah i think it's five or something of i can't actually remember but like um I'm really, and the, the thing is, is that we could just do them all at like, you know, Preeny's house. We didn't have to go to a studio or anything like that. It was all very, very relaxed, like, you know, and didn't cost us anything or anything like that. So it was cool. And yeah. you're on tour with Matt Corby at the moment. How's that been going? Yeah. <laughs> um, well, we just finished three nights at the forum. So <laughs> I'm not complaining one bit. Yeah. It's been unreal, and we love Maddie. We love Maddie to bits. He's 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 honestly like a dad to us. That's only like five or six years older than us, but like <laughs> he is the sweetest guy. He really looks after us, and he's like you know we love we um, you know like Preeny, the guitarist, and I. We 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 love Matt since we were eighteen, nineteen. You know we we every time he came over to Perth, we'd go to his gigs, and he'd do these secret garden parties, and we got. We used to get tickets to go to them where he just play acoustically there and, like, there'd be, like, 60 people sat around him, you know, and that's it. And everyone's sharing, like, drinks and nibbles and stuff, you know, really, really intimate stuff. So um, to go from seeing him at, like, being basically just, like, being a massive fan and, like, thinking the world, you know, uh, thinking the world of the guy to now knowing him, as a mate and getting to play alongside him and stuff, it's it's quite it's you know, uh, yeah, I'm stoked. With it. I'm Is there anything with it, yeah. that you've kind of like picked up, I guess, from working with him in the studio and also just like watching him put on a live show that you guys have found like super interesting? Mm, yeah, um, I think in the studio, it's it's always interesting like working with other people in the studio. Like for for us working with Corby, like harmonies like he's got a great ear for harmonies like 
for me. So like me and him will just be in the in the booth, just like work, figuring out harmonies together, and like I'll just be just, just taking notes of how he kind of goes about how he goes about picking them and stuff like that for the right spots, and to small things like you know um, playing quiet playing things quietly whilst you're recording, like the drums and stuff like that. Um, for certain songs and louder for certain songs and, you know, um, and songwriting, just like how he would go about structuring structuring a song and stuff, just like just, just little things that I would, you know, that once you're there in the moment, you wouldn't, you don't, you're not exactly like, oh, like right, yeah, yeah. right down that he does this, but like once you come to do it, you're like, oh, I remember yeah. Corby did this thing, it was pretty cool. Um, and then live, live has been like a good, like it's been a great lesson because it's a whole you know um i mean we just went we just went around the uk playing gigs with the grogans i don't know if you know the grogans and it was like you know the biggest room we're playing over there is like london was like 300 capacity you know 350 maybe and all the other ones were like 100 capacity like 150 200 capacity so you're in these tiny little rooms like you know and then now we're back here to like a week later um, playing to three 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 thousand odd people every night in these massive venues where there's bloody staff everywhere and like you know there's there's fucking security guards stopping you and checking your accreditations all the time and and like um, like five six sound people running around you <laughs> with like torches and it's all yeah. chaos you know like. And then Corby comes out with no shoes on, just, oh, hey, boys, what's going on? And you're just kind of like, this is weird. They're like, you know, that sound, he was just yeah. screaming at me a second ago. <laughs> it's just like, it's just, yeah, it's just a lot more kind of going around, a lot more happening and like a, and it's cool just to see Corby. Corby remains the same. It's just like the team around him is just making sure the best show is going to happen just so then Corby can stay chilled out. Just stuff like that, you know. Like it's a, it's another level of prof- professionalism that we haven't experienced yeah. before. So it's, it's cool. And yeah. my final question is if somebody who had never heard Great Gable's music before um, was to listen to three songs, what would you want them to be? Ooh. Well, till the sun comes up, definitely. That one, yeah, that one I feel is really nice. Um, maybe an acoustic one, just to you know, so then you can see they can see maybe that we do a few different things, you know, because I feel like maybe like um, the lookout acoustic one's pretty nice. Um, I like to sing that one, you know, and um, what else? I've always liked one of our older tunes, Cool Mind Blue. It's got a sax solo in it and that's like maybe gives people a hint of, you know, what maybe what we'll like, you know, because that's got to be like six years old now, maybe maybe a bit older even. So, um, yeah, but then, you know, if, uh, yeah, I, I'd say those three. Sweet. Those three, I'll leave it at that. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for chatting today. No, cheers for having me, Vic, and, you know, I appreciate it.